0: So, hello there uh, for another episode of Fintech Friday podcast and we have a special guest today, uh, Deep Narayan Mukherjee. Welcome, Deep. Thanks, Sanjay. Always a pleasure talking to you. Great. And this happens to be a very special day as well, uh, the day of Diwali. So, happy Diwali to you, uh, Deep, as well as all the listeners uh, of this show. Happy Diwali to you, Sanjay, as well as all our audiences. Thanks, so, uh, Deep, I have a, uh, I have some questions that I thought of, and we will will kind of progress through in the next half an hour, uh, one few more, hopefully a little less than that, maybe. Uh, but let's sure. start with a brief background of yours. Uh, uh, as you know, this show is more about you know the future of fintech, uh, and uh, in some sense, uh, how things are going to move in the world of data, in the world of uh, further repercussions of that. Uh, artificial intelligence or otherwise and so on and so forth. But uh, I think you come from a very, very, very solid background in uh, core banking, credit bureaus and so on and now into consulting. So going from back to some, in some sense, future. So give us a brief uh, sense of your background and uh, we can start from there afterwards.
1: So, uh, you know, for last I've been working for last 20 years, most of it in risk and analytics Uh, how i my journey started was actually so i'm not a statistician or econometrician by training though i spent most of my life on that professional life on that Uh, you know my initial focus was actually corporate finance and how to improve quality of decision making Uh, and and that has been and continues to remain the driving factor in whatever i do till date and i want to do in future as well How do you improve quality of decisions? How do you ensure that the decisions are profitable? Now, that basically comes into the realms of decision-making under some form of uncertainty, which is basically the cardinal aspect of risk decision. So with this foundational principles, I I, I think we we started a career with American Express, which was heavily a quantitative role, but also the beauty is of that role was it taught when not to depend on quant. And this is very, very essential. And you, you should know so much on quant that you need to possibly as a system, not as an individual, you need to belong to a system, be it a bank, NBFC, which understands the system so much on the quant and the data that they can take out that one point, which is where the numbers are not uh, sort of making sense. And, and that, that requires a lot of training. You should not say that the numbers are not making sense because all you know is running some random machine learning scorecards and some random... And uh, then, uh, you know, I was for eight years in Fitch in Ratings, starting with Structured Finance, then Qualitative Ratings, did uh, quite a, some niche work on Forensic Accounting at that point in time, apart from the usual, uh, you you know, risk studies. And that gives me a perspective of, uh, you know, that there's a qualitative world of risk assessment, there's a quantitative world, and each of them have their pluses and minuses. How do you marry the two? It's it's almost like the quantitative finance or risk. I mean, um, analogy-wise analogy is more like a frequentist school of thought, whereas the qualitative is more a Bayesian school of thought. Well, you have some prior beliefs, and you and you know the the magic happens when you you. It's not either or. It's how you how you marry both. Uh, mm. Then of course I was with uh, Sybil as this chief product officer for three years. Close to three years, I would say, and now for last three years, I'm with uh, BCG, uh, handling uh, AIML and with a focus on financial institutions and, and risk management thereof. Uh, and parallelly, for the last eight, nine years, I'm also a visiting faculty in Calcutta. I teach currently a full credit course uh, in financial risk management. Previously, I used to take a couple of more other courses, but I, I think these days have time for more or less one course. So that's what I have been doing, right? And
0: amazing. I mean, that's a pretty solid, uh, diversified uh, set of experiences and background. And you talked about some schools of thought, which really shows you to be one of the few in, I think, uh, the world of finance who thinks far more uh, uh, than just the than just the numbers. Uh, you talked about. Uh, uh, frequentist school and uh, by yeah. Bayesian school. I so I, I, I'm sure 99% of, uh, or maybe it's 99.9% of people in finance wouldn't know about both of them or at least one of them. So what, what are those two? Very briefly.
1: So actually, we the you know all of us, all of us know it. We may not be knowing the name. So in frequentist, to put it uh, uh, very, very colloquially, we look at historical data. Mm-hmm. and based on the data we may be focusing on default rates, returns whatever is a variable of interest we take a lot of data and we try to find out what is the distribution of the data uh, what are the mean, median yeah. standard deviation dispersion and based on that we, we build models to project and mm-hmm. uh, we assume that any new observation would be a part of a previous distribution that's well studied and that's the frequent is based on how frequent you have an observation historically mm-hmm. and then there is a Bayesian school which is one sometimes call it variously and not uh, you, you, you know often uh, very appropriately this is called subjective or judgmental school where you have a belief mm-hmm. you have a prior belief that Indian stock markets give a 13% return year on year Mm-hmm. No, that belief may be itself based on 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 data, or you right. can say no. But I, when I have invested, I have always mm-hmm. made eighteen percent. You know, no one has well. Or you have a belief. You say you know this is the type of promoter whose company would do fantastically well. So there's there's a belief, and sometimes you may be right, sometimes you may be wrong. Sometime, sometimes sometimes uh, you know what you are expressing is actually based on years of experience, years of patterns that your mind have tracked, and you are just saying out your belief. Ah, uh, problem right. with Bayesian is uh, you know it's easy to fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but uh, ideally you need both. You need frequentist approach to keep you disciplined. You need a Bayesian approach to make absolute sense of what you are doing while you are doing it.
0: Right, right. And I guess this goes into the future more and more interest in more and more interesting dimensions. As if I were to think about it. Uh, uh, as we move into the world of uh, algorithms and artificial intelligence, there are times when we don't know why the algorithms throw out a certain result, right? In some sense, uh, there, is, there is a con- concept of, uh, you know, how do you really audit uh, the algorithms? Or yeah. are there yeah. any... Explainable AI. Is the AI
1: explainable?
0: Right. Is the AI explainable? Is there a computational... Yeah irreducibility yeah. to the whole uh, to the whole, uh, you know, framework in some sense. And uh, where can we minimize the biases and uh, uh, where can we actually detect them in the first place and then minimize them? I think all of this is is really how the future uh, is going to be increasingly all about. So that's pretty interesting. You also made a statement about people know it but may not be able to say it. And I read on your uh, WhatsApp uh, status a statement by Richard Feynman uh, which talks about that what's the difference between knowing the name versus knowing something. Where does that come from? I mean in this particular context. Uh, you
1: no, know, I, I think uh, we, we try to use words without fully understanding the implications and often they're not understanding the implication is harmless. Right. But when, say for instance, uh, you know, you are you are a TV channel and you just want to pop up you know what is Sanjay's favorite serial now you are not exactly paying for that if if, 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 you know they are showing Sanjay serial one which Sanjay doesn't like Sanjay will just not click bother to click it and then they will say and I know so it is basically a a low cost decision error you are okay with it and you can make all fantastic claims in AI ML, etc etc Whenever you are giving like 10,000 rupees to based on such algorithms, it's a you know, if you lose out, you will lose a lot 10,000 and you have like thousand such accounts, and you know, a small balance sheet can go belly up. Mm -hmm. But you can still sort of okay with whatever something is saying, even if you do not know, because the problem starts when you either give those 10,000 rupees loans on scale Mm -hmm. or when you start giving out one lakh, two lakh, five lakh rupees loan, where each single error is going to cost you dearly. Right. Now, the problem, and you have beautifully raised, uh, you know, explainability of AI. See, this explainability issue, it's, it's, a, it's actually a reflection of the uncertainty that is there in the human mind itself. Let's look mm-hmm. at the flow of logic. What do we say? That AIML apparently will identify patterns which the human misses. Now, uh, yes. let's. I'm not saying that is correct or incorrect, but let's assume that this is a formal statement. Mm-hmm. So the AI is capturing patterns which you have not tracked yourself, and now that it is doing its job, you are surprised. Mm-hmm. However, there is often a feeling in certain quarters that some of this AI ML thing—they were actually a lot of it is at least when it comes to predictions into where the data is a structured data. And I am not such looking at facial recognition or sure. your medical report, MRI scan. If the data yeah. is a structured data your bureau transaction data financial statement GST uh, etc you know the lot of the problems actually are also problems that existed in statistics right so in statistics we used to have this thing called causal inference we still have it's a big deal you know yeah. how do you know what is the cause and the effect now Correct. that is analogous to what we call AI uh, you know in some ways mm-hmm. uh some of the tools and techniques are are, are similar the thinking is similar. It is not 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 very 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 new new thinking. I mean, if you are showing that this is a pattern of my defaulter or a fraud, or say, for instance, this is a pattern of someone who respond to my offer, uh, you know, someone will look at causal inference. Now, if you are going for causal inference, you need your variables to be much more cleaner so that the statistics can run. Yeah. But then you have decided that I want complex algorithms because that will only solve my problem. And then you know, there is some amount of clarity that is required every time someone sort of becomes very excited about the potential of machine learning, which it should be, someone needs to look back and say, there used to be this thing and there is still this thing called statistical learning. Yeah. Right? So what are the the differences? Very, very, I would say grossly at a 50,000 feet level, the difference is when you run something, a statistical model, you try to focus on X variables and the weightages that is given on the X variables, they are statistically significant. In machine learning, You actually, X variable is an outcome. You try to focus on how do I reduce the gap between actual observation and the predicted observation. You focus on Y and reducing the gap between Y and Y predicted exclusively. And that's your single point agenda. You don't care whether the weightages of the X variables are significant, they follow some distribution, etc., etc. In statistics, the X variables and whether they are having some specific characteristics, they have some sanity, they have some statistical significance. So, You know, they often reach the same edge, but then there'll be cases where one would come to a different conclusion and another would come to a different conclusion. So, it is knowing why you are doing what you are doing and therefore the knowing comes of You know, it's not about knowing the name of machine learning or statistical learning or random forest. Is it why are you choosing that specific thing over another? Is that... Now, why this knowledge becomes essential is if someone is investing a lot of money on a startup and there everyone just knows we are doing machine learning we are getting alternate data big data and we have this fancy codes by the way there are no fancy codes you more often than not more often than not you get it from github someone else's code etc black box and you run you get it now there's a huge hidden risk you don't even know where you are going on you are you are just like going with the flow so you you know you what you may be crossing the river on it may be a solid bridge, it may be a broken bridge. Right. So that that's that's the, you know that that's what we try to you know know what exactly we are doing, why you are doing and when it will not work. Essentially it is knowing what every single technique has its shortcoming, every single technique and it has its limitations. What are the shortcomings and what are the limitations? Otherwise you would cross a bridge which has a crack in the middle if you are lucky you will cross the bridge over the crack the bridge will not break that day and you will get your reward as the you know business visionary of the decade etc if you are plain unlucky you would fall to the fall yes <laughs> like this Sochcast tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store
0: yeah I know that's that's very that's very nice I think a lot of, lot of questions, a lot of ideas coming to my mind. Uh, I recently was uh, reading a book uh, called Weapons of Math Destruction. I don't know if you've uh, heard about that. Uh, but I, yeah, it's, I've heard uh, about the book. No, I didn't read it, but I've heard
1: good things about the
0: book. Yeah, so it's sort of talking about the same uh, things. The lady who worked first in the uh, financial sector uh, at the very heart of financial sector, and then at the heart of the tech sector, and looked at how data, and how algorithms, and how you know complex decisions are getting made increasingly uh, without, uh, at times, uh, you know, full understanding of how those are affecting in uh, the ordinary people, or people who are taking loans, or people who are uh, you know receiving certain financial services, or not receiving services because of many many issues biases uh uh fundamental data not being adequate not being diversified enough etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's a whole uh, it's a whole world i think that we are still to kind of uh, come to fully grasp it and especially in india where i think
1: we are still at an early stage of this whole exactly the revolution. point exactly I was, that's what uh, i was coming to because in right. india we actually are not doing enough Analytical uh, analytics-based decision. We are not doing enough. We are not yet reached that threshold where where it will become, we are dangerous. We are still. We are actually. We are. We are plagued more by judgmental decisioning, whether judgment is not a quality judgment uh, and is not backed by data, and it's not a problem person with judgmental decisioning. And machine learning decisioning is always better. But we are. More plagued by bad decisions where the human operator is making a decision uh, without sub- sufficient data support. So we have a lot more way to go before this thing sits. As we are, we are possibly uh, at an entry nascent stage, and it's it's not just India, uh, but uh, I would say a whole host of Asian countries, right. uh, and and that. Surprising in India, because I would say India is one of the richest uh, data environment compared to a lot of Asian countries. In fact, uh, quite a bit of advanced countries do not have the luxury of data we have it in India. So, given everything, I think there's a lot more to be done than a lot less to be done. I, yeah. I mean, you know, True. you go True. on a balanced diet when you are 50 and not when you are 15. So, we are at 15. <laughs> we should now try to sort of grow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We should, we should be on we should be using all that we have in terms of yeah. data resources, the diversity and the uh, the skills and the brains obviously right uh, to be able to sort of take the next uh, leapfrog states in terms of uh, in terms of some of these uh, thinking and models and reducing the errors. but for whatever reason, I think fintech uh, in India has not really been able to do that in a big way right and generally referring to fintech as not just independent uh, fintech companies uh, or and which may be creating certain sort of analytical tools and so on and so forth, but even internal departments of let's say uh, large financial services companies, obviously they solve very narrow problems for their own internal environments, but they don't seem to be able to create uh, some of these uh, learnings which can be, you know, very relevant for future and Maybe part of it is because India has been changing very fast in the last 5 to 10 years, especially with respect to availability of data and, you know, the data-rich world that we talk about. Maybe part of it is due to that, but do you also think part of it is due to lack of uh, confidence or lack of comfort with uh, non-judgmental decision-making or sort of belief systems? Uh, what, What do you think? Why haven't we been able to make progress or...? Yeah. Or yeah, how so, would we change to make progress faster? So,
1: yeah. So I think you know the couple of things. So I I would say this whole analytical thing, uh, and if we call epitomize it by fintech. I, I I think it's it's quite early days, right? Right. You know, we we are. It, it's quite uh, quite early days. It's these things take their time. It doesn't take decades, but but I would possibly uh, give it another three five years. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you know. So it, it is early days. Having said that, you know, in India, just like you know, its people, it, excellence is also very, very diverse. I, I mean, there are some companies which can be the as good or as bad as some of the best uh, banks in the world mm-hmm. in terms of leveraging basic data. I mean, we don't; right. we still have some to go before we do really advanced anything, But in terms of basic. Data driven and uh, data driven decisioning on day to day be at account level portfolio. I think there are quite a few uh, banks slash NBFS slash non bank you know we which are there. What I would hope happens is a lot many banks and financial services learn from these leaders, and that's where where culture comes into play because at the end of the day. Database decisioning is actually quite un good. you know, there's a, a sense an analytical democracy. It's not that I will agree to you because it made a boss bold, Data is bold, And all of us agreed that this was the matrix three years back. We had a discussion. This was the matrix that was agreed. And we have also discussed if this matrix breaches this threshold, this action would be taken. Right. Now, this requires a cultural change. Now, now yeah. some banks and financial services and, and why banks and financial services you know uh, AIML will be applicable for everywhere be it in uh, absolutely, hotel, absolutely. Uh,
0: cinema, every corporate steel, every corporate uh, b2b b2c no, no, all think, think,
1: situations governments everything there's a there's a cultural angle which we often do not fully uh, give due credit for for success and because all the banks today in india at least most of them they can actually set up a machine learning team. In fact, most of them have a machine learning team. In You know, you can say some will have 100 people, some will have 10 people, but you know, it's there. At least the big ones, they have it. Now the question is the entities or institutions which are exceptional in terms of data-driven positioning, how do they differ from another institution which possibly have similar cal- caliber of people doing similar things? It, it goes back to culture. Are, are you comfortable as the boss? Because you you know you, you may feel uh, that there you know your powers are going away from you. You are no longer the sort of in control of things. In in, in fact, uh, there's a recent study that BCG has done with MIT. I mean, there's an AIML survey that BCG does with MIT every year, and this time it just came out two days back. Mm-hmm. And one of the findings of that report, and it's available uh, on the internet. One of the findings of the report is that AIML-based decisioning actually improves employee satisfaction. I mean, which is surprising. People know for a fact that AIML improves efficiency, they improve profitability. What people didn't expect is ML improving employee satisfaction, employee motivation. I I, I would say one one of it is culture. Uh, Second, I think uh, a lot many high quality professionals need to come in. We need to have a steady supply of very resources. I, I mean, it's just about starting. I would expect a a, a lot more to come to support this drive. Because ultimately, uh, you know, you can buy software, you can decide to go into month, but you would require very, very trained people. Now, we have them. But the numbers are lesser than what we anticipated. The numbers are possibly lesser because we didn't have the training infrastructure five years back which would create those resources now. Now, those resources or those training material institutions or the institutional focus, uh, are, are happening over the last five to six years. So we would see, going forward, we'll get more and more such resources. I mean, we have the IIITs doing a good job. We have uh, IM Calcutta having something like a PGDBA course. Most of the IMs offering dedicated course for analytics, which was not there, say, for instance, five years back. Now, once a professional gets trained, is into the industry for five, seven years, then you see their impact. So I, 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 I think culture... Uh, availability of resources are, are, are two things I, I, I would li- like to uh, sort of draw the attention on. And these are function of time, yes. But can more more sensitization be done about the cultural aspects of AIMR? I, I, I think yes. Because certain organizations, if they are hierarchical in nature, they are unlikely to draw a lot of benefit. Take a worst case scenario. If you have a very hierarchical culture, you can actually you can get a result which is against your own belief. And you feel okay. your loss of power or prestige. Then you will force someone to get a data set which matches your belief. Right. And then you will... So, so uh, it's It's super critical that you have, you develop the right culture. You let go. You you empower people to take a decision. Of course, you put governance structures. But yeah. analytical so democracy needs to perpetrate. That's a very
0: nice term, analytical democracy. I hadn't heard about that before. And, uh, well,
1: this is how
0: I think yeah it's it's amazing I mean the openness the ability to you know uh, talk in terms of uh, not necessary code I think not everybody is comfortable at code level but at least in the logic level or you know algorithm level rather than belief level is what it's really required and you could be wrong and but the but but the wrong needs to be auditable and needs to be changeable right and as long as you keep improving yes. your exactly. uh, uh, record and don't take too many. Uh, wrong calls to rock the boat right at the beginning you're just going to get better and better there's nothing stopping something which keeps yeah. getting continuously and, better and, and
1: right? i think we're just starting the journey we are really just yeah. starting the journey so uh, so uh, I, I think lot more and better things will come up in the way. i'm for sure
0: wonderful wonderful i think that's that's a that's a very nice uh, sort of place to maybe end this uh, conversation that you know fintech in india is at a very early stage we have what are the critical uh, success factors uh, in terms of data, in terms of uh, knowledge, in terms of uh, trained manpower coming into picture in some shape, form. They need to come together and, you know, create the next uh, big waves. And in five to ten years, I think we could uh, probably see a very different different picture. And I think we'll try and chronicle that as we move forward in this uh, series of... Uh, possibly say three to five years. years. Well, I'll three to five years. Three. Let's... Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, before, uh, before I end it, uh, let me ask again, going back to the first uh, question that I asked, uh, you know, um, another interesting thing I read again on your uh, WhatsApp profile is a number 42. And what does that have to do with uh, the meaning of life and, and the universe?
1: Oh, that's so that's uh, actually from my one of my favorite novels, The Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to Galaxy. So there's this story of, uh, you know, a supercomputer was asked the question of meaning of life, but the computer could give a response of only in numbers. So they did over millions of years, the computer did a simulation and the answer for meaning of life was 42. Now, that's like a, that's superficially along the story, but there's a, there's a, some people who are fans of Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy uh, su- such as yours truly uh, you know there's there's a narrative also that in good old days we used to have this thing called ASCII code right mm-hmm. the keys uh, yeah, each of the keys in the, in the computer uh, yes of yeah. course it's there uh, and they had a the number associated with it so the ASCII code for Asterix was 42 and right. you use asterisks in those days start dot star or anything to say anything that you want to mean right so one implication of 42 which is the ASCII code for asterisks, is that you know life the meaning of life is anything that you want it to be
0: wow that's that's so amazing that's so amazing I think that's that makes it explainable at least for sure <laughs> than the first explanation which was unexplainable so <laughs>
1: oh, that was a fantastic novel uh, yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so great so with, with that uh, would like to end this uh, conversation thank you Deep uh, so very much, I do want to have another chat with you uh, at another time to go through more in details about, uh, you know, things like how bureaus are changing, how uh, some of the critical infrastructure is changing in the world of uh, machine learning and deep learning and so on. And, uh, but we'll, 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 we'll do that at, at another point of time. Thank, thank, thank you so much. Uh, look
1: forward to, for look this. forward to,
0: All right. look forward
1: to, and thanks a lot for inviting me. Thank you. Thanks.